Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Say the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. I made a comment a couple of weeks ago that Save the Cowboy, what I wanted from it and what I thought that, what I know that God has laid on my heart is that Save the Cowboy is going to be a different kind of church. And I think that we have demonstrated that if I, you know, I've talked to probably nearly every one of you, some of you at length, some of you, some of you at passing. Man, you, you love what's going on here. We are not better than anybody else by any means or standards, but we are different. And why are we different is because, you know, if we go out and help Glenn and Lee gather cattle and everything, and they say, okay, we're going to gather this pasture, and they go to trotting off, and you just get right behind him and follow him around like Ty followed that mare, we're not going to cover very much ground. So what Save the Cowboy has done is Save the Cowboy has said, you know what, y'all are here, we fully support that. We love all the church, all the Bible-based, Jesus-believing churches out there. We have scooted over, and we're going to cover our own territory. And you know what, God is working great things through us. We talked last week about a different kind of church, a church that's, that is uh, depending on the grace of Christ. In Galatians chapter 1, we, we read the verse, just in case you wasn't here last week, we read the verse that said... Uh, Paul says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. See, it's not confusing, guys. Here it is in a nutshell. Jesus Christ, God sent his son into the world to save whoever believes in him. He came to be that perfect sacrifice. He came to gather the strays and to, and to round up those that had been driven away by religion and, and hypocrisy and, and stuff like that. He came to give us that example. And he loves us so much. John three sixteen and three seventeen basically say it. He says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Is that not good news? There is nothing confusing about that. God sent his son down here to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And in, God, in Christ, there is no condemnation. Today, we're going to continue on how Save the Cowboy is different, but not just Save the Cowboy, how, how all churches need to rely on the grace of Christ. That's what's confusing because a lot, of, a lot of churches out there and a lot of people's opinions, and I'm not just blaming churches, some people think that you've got this checklist, that you've got to be holy and, and that God is going to bless what you do. God is not going to bless what you do. He's going to bless who you are. And who are you to be blessed by that is when we have Jesus Christ living in our hearts. And in Christ, there is abundance and there is transformation. Many of you are walking testament to that abundance that is in God, of that transformation that is available to all of us. But we're going to continue on today in Galatians in verse 10. Well, yeah, I, I'm going to back up. I'm going to finish kind of, there's a, there's a little part in there. Paul likes to tell it just like it is. And is that not the way a cowboy talks? Just tell it like it is. As a matter of fact, there's a, there's a buddy of mine, if I may be so bold to call him that. His name is Apache Adams, and Apache Adams is one of the kindest, sweetest, toughest, meanest, rowdiest, honoriest, run renegadist. You know what I mean by run renegadist? There you go, Dave. There's your word for the day, renegadist. We're going to run renegadist, and, and Apache Adams is one of those people. Um, he is a 
legend around the Big Bend area and up to Fort Stockton and Alpine and everything like that. Apache Adams is in the Texas Cowboy Hall of Fame. And he used to go to the Pecos County Cowboy Church where I was a pastor. And to hear some of these stories of Apache running cattle in the Big Bend area, which is like running cattle on Hell's Half Acre. I mean, you got to be double tough and everything. But Apache would tell it like it is. I mean, he wasn't trying to hurt nobody's feelings. He, he just, man, if he had it to say, if you ask his opinion, he's going to give it to you. Sometimes he'd give you the truth whether you wanted to hear it or not. And you know what? That's the way Christians should be. And that's the way we should all strive to be. Not going around intentionally making somebody mad. But I'm here to tell you that if you are going to make a difference, you are going to make someone mad. It's just the way it is. Now, Paul was a cowboy. Because I love what Paul says between the verse we just read where it says throwing him into confusion. Paul goes on to say this. But even if we or heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel, now what does gospel mean? The definition of gospel is good news. Now, honestly, when you think about what maybe some of you were raised in or exposed to, do you really think that following Christ is good news? If you don't, you are confused because either yourself you have deceived or somebody else has deceived you because Paul says right here, as we have already said, we're going to say it again. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel, a good news, other than the one you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. And Paul is telling it just like it is. There's no ifs, there's no ands, there's no buts about it. He, Paul is preaching the grace of Christ, the good news, the fact that Jesus came and did for you what you cannot do for yourself. That is so amazing and so awesome. That, you know, Jesus said, he said, Your sin, in Hebrews, the Holy Spirit says, your sins I will remember no more. Not just those sins that you did, you know, 20 years ago. Not just that sin that you did this morning, but that sin that you'll do 20 years from now. Now that does not, the grace of Christ does not give us a license to go out and do whatever we want. On the other hand, when you accept that good news and you really start following, it frees you to go and live a life that is worthy of God. It, it, it puts you in the zone. You know what I mean by the zone? Ty's going to go to the, to the Broncos game today. And um, it's not a sin that he's not taking me. It's really not. And um, <laughs> I nearly choked on my coffee. Sorry, that was not in the notes. I don't have any notes. <laughs> harumph, harumph. <laughs> Reverend. <laughs> if anybody's seen Blazing Saddles, you'll know where that came from. <laughs> I didn't hear a harumph out of this guy over here. He's the guy that says yeehaw. Forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, huh? The zone, that's what I was going to say. You ever seen Peyton Manning get in the zone? You can't stop him. He's in the zone. And that's what we have been talking about. When you start living your life according to Christ and by the grace of Christ and by the good news, sure, he says, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, because he's saying if you do that, you've got out of the zone. A couple of weeks ago, we gave the illustration of a bicycle rider going down, down the road. And see, I like bicycle riders. I don't care that they wear long underwear and stuff like that. Show the junk everywhere. It's okay. We love them still. 
We're going to show the grace of Christ to them. Just like we are forgiven, we're going to forgive them. Anyway, so anyway, they're, they're riding down the road, and, and, and Danny's a bicycle rider. She'll tell you, you, you have somebody waiting to give you water whenever you're thirsty. You've got signs that point you to the finish line. That's what being in the zone is. Man, you're not blessed. God does not look down and go, huh, well, let's see, uh... Kevin, man, we hadn't thrown him a bone in about three or four days. So let's go ahead and throw him a bone. It's not like that. You get in the zone and you are blessed because of who Jesus is and the fact that Jesus lives in your heart. You do not have to do anything to be blessed by God. And as a matter of fact, sometimes I take, not, not, not offense in a bad way, but it hurts my feelings for people. Maybe that's not even a right way to put it. I feel sad for people when they say, oh, I did this and God blessed me for it. No, he didn't. He didn't bless you for that. He blesses his son who lives in you. See, that's the grace right there. Get in the zone. Paul goes on to say this right here. I want you to know, brothers. I want you to know, cowboys. Now, a lot of people tell me, they say, man, the Bible is just confusing. Okay, it probably does not take a PhD to know that when the Holy Spirit speaking through Paul says, I want you to know, brothers, he probably wants you to know whatever's fixing to follow, okay? It's just a wild guess. I have not been to seminary or anything like that. But when, when, when the Holy Spirit says, hey, I want you to know, we might want to pay attention to what's said next. And he says that the gospel I preach is not something that man made up. It's come from God himself. Isn't that awesome? Paul didn't come up with this. Paul didn't go, let's say, uh, hmm, let's say this. <laughs> no, it didn't. Jesus revealed it to him. He even went and met with Peter and James and told them what Christ had revealed to him. And they said, man, this is it, man. He did. He was there. So he goes on to say, I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. And then he goes on and he talks about, you know, some other stuff and everything. But uh, in verse 10, right above that, that's where I want to stay the rest of this time. In verse 10 of Galatians chapter 1, Remember, he says, as we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than the one that you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. Paul is just, he's speaking pure cowboy. He don't care. He's not trying to offend anybody. But if anybody's offended by the truth, so be it, is what Paul is saying. And now he says this, am I now trying to win the approval of man or God? Now, let me ask you a question. When Jesus came down here, did he, did God send his son in the world to win the approval of man. Man, you want to talk about running renegadist? Jesus ran renegade through the whole religious community. Was it the lost people that had Jesus killed? No, it was a religious institution. It was the, the heavy-duty religion of the day that liked, you know, wearing their big tassels and passels and all this other stuff so people could see how holy they were. They were the ones that Jesus went and ticked off. Because Jesus run renegade through that whole deal, preaching the good news. He went around, he went around healing people. He went around uh, telling people that he was the way, the truth, and the life. And you know what? Those people didn't like it because they like to be self-righteous. They like to be able to say, look at me. And Jesus says, look to God. He said, I didn't come here to do the will of man. I came here to do the will of my Father who is in heaven. So why do we say right there when Paul says, are we now trying to win the approval of men or of God? We know the answer to that. I think even the Galatian church knew what Paul was talking about. But why should we do it? Because you know what? It's not the how that matters. It's the why. Why should we be trying to do to win the approval of God? I'll give you one easy answer that will cover all of the questions. Here it is right here. What did Jesus do? He came down here 
to do the will of his father. And he did it so perfectly that he said, I have done this for you. Now you are set free from the things that drag you down, from the, from the ties that bind, from getting hung up in the stirrup. I have freed you to go and live a life that only you can live through me. Now, why do we not want to seek the approval of man? Because God loved us, sent his son. His son gave us the example, and we need to follow it. As simple as that. Now, are we going to go around just trying to tick people off? No. But if we need to give somebody the truth, and that truth, they may not like it, so be it. Even Paul says it right there. He's like, man, you know, am I trying to win the approval of man, or am I trying to win the approval of God? You know, Romans 12, 1 and 12, 2, somewhere in there it says, be transformed by, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but yet be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what I want. That's where transformation. I want you to no longer think of Christianity as this checklist of do's and don'ts where your, where your religious life, your code that you live by, is no longer a checklist of do's and don'ts, but rather just one checklist. Am I following Jesus Christ and am I loving him and starting that relationship with him and having him live in my heart? That's the only check that we're looking for. When you die, I, I was talking to, to some, a guy the other day, and he was, ta- he was trying to spread the word of God to one of his buddies. And the guy said, well, we're all going to be judged, so I might as well just do what I've been doing. We're only judged on one thing. Do you have Christ in your heart? When he separates the sheep from the goats, he's going to say, do you have Jesus? Because when we walk up, God's not going to see me and my sin. He's going to see his son living in me. He's like, what are you doing right there? Come on in, son. You're my son. Come on in. Now, the second judgment is the reward. It's the award ceremony. That'll be awesome. We need to live like Christ lived. We are not out to seek the approval of man. Let me ask you a question. Well, let's go on to the next verse before I say that, because I think it ties in perfectly. Paul says, am I now trying to win the approval of man or God? He asks another rhetorical question that I think we all know the answer to. He says, or am I trying to please men? How much of your life revolves around doing things so that other people will think a certain way about you? You know what? A lot of our lives, we go around trying to do things. Some of you are walking on eggshells because, you know, you're scared that you're going to displease somebody or somebody's not going to approve of you. Stop that. You only look to one person in order to please, and that's Jesus Christ. When he lives in you and he abides in you, that's a fancy word for saying he rides right next to you. When you do that, Jesus, uh, God looked down from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And all you got to do to please God is to have Jesus and give your life to him. Now, I will say, that it, you, are you wondering, do I really have him? Now, there are some things that will not only characterize a life with Christ, it will also give us some guidelines in order to grow in him, to ride closer and closer and become more Christ-like. And I think that those things right there don't have anything to do with sin. A good Christian isn't characterized by the lack of sin in his life. It's by the abundance of Christ. Does that make sense? It has not. I mean, I, I got an email this week from some people that says, man, I, I listened to your confusion message last week about, and I was getting real confused because in my church, they, they, they spend more time talking about the devil and sin than they do Jesus Christ. Sin is a symptom of a broken relationship, so let's just get the relationship fixed, and then the sin will take care of itself. Your ride with Christ is not characterized by the lack of sin. It is characterized by the abundance of Christ. Just let it all go. Quit trying to win the approval of man and only try to please God. And the only way that you can please God is by having a relationship riding right alongside his son. 
This is my son whom I'm well pleased. See, what we're really talking about right now is what the, the fancy church institution likes to call righteousness. What is righteousness? Right standing with God. In other words, pleasing God. All you, the only thing you can do to please God is to have a relationship and ride right next to his boy who died for you. That's it. That's the good news. And he's going to take you into the zone. You are going to live a life blessed. I did not say that you was going to get a promotion at work. I did not say that, that you was going to win the lottery. I did not say any of that. I said you will be blessed with peace that uh, surpasses all understanding. I want y'all to get in the zone. I want you to be a different kind of people. Quit trying to walk around and win the approval of man. We should go around seeking the approval of God through his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How awesome is that? That is good news. Then he goes on to say, I'll read it all again. If you want to know, brothers, that the gospel I preach is not something that man made up. Oh, sorry, wrong verse. Am I now trying to win the approval? Because I've got a mark by the verse I'm supposed to read, so that's, that's why I messed up. Am I now trying to win the approval of man or of God? See, it, it, it's hard sometimes whenever you're talking about the good news of Jesus Christ, you just want to keep going and going and going and going and going. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Do you see what he's saying there? He's saying, you're not riding with Christ if you're walking around trying to please man. You are not a servant of Christ. You are not riding beside him. You are as far away from the zone as you can get if your life revolves around pleasing men. He said, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. You know, I told you about Apache. Apache is a great guy. And, and, I, and I've, told, I've told Glenn Hart this, and I'm glad Glenn's here today. Glenn, where, where are you sitting at? There's Glenn right over here sitting by Patty, sitting behind Titanium Oreo. And uh, they say everybody has a twin. If you want to see what Apache Adams looks like, you just go up and tell Glenn Hart, Hi, Apache, because he looks just like him. I mean, the first time Glenn walked into church, I was like, Apache's here. <laughs> it wasn't him. But anyway, I remember they were telling me a story. Ty's microphone is in my cup holder. I put it there. Um, they were telling me a story that near Lahitha, well, I, I'll go back and say this. You want to talk, has everybody ever heard of the Jersey Lily? The Jersey Lily was a saloon in Langtree, Texas, where the operator of the Judge Roy Bean uh, was, was a guy named Judge Roy Bean. The Jersey Lily was his saloon, and he called it the law west of the Pecos. He would sell you some whiskey, and he would also have court. Apache, and there was... You can go down there to this day. You can go to Langtree, Texas, and see the tree that sat out front, and it was called the hanging tree. Keep losing it? Okay. Jason, will you turn this one on? All right. We'll do it this way. Thank you, Dean. Came in handy. So Apache's great-grandfather was hung by Judge Roy Bean in front of the Jersey Lily in South Texas. This is how cowboy Apache is. Now, I say that because you, know, you, gotta, you gotta be a pretty ornery fella to, to be hung by Judge Roy Bean in front of the saloon called Jersey Lily. And um, some people were telling me a story while Apache was standing there. And you can always tell a cowboy whenever you tell a, one of those uh, funny stories because he just stood there and grinned. He never agreed with anything, he just grinned the whole time. So they're moving cattle near uh, Lajitas, Texas. Now, Lajitas, Texas is the Boulder, Colorado of the Big Bend area of Texas, okay? There's a lot of rich people that move down there to Lajitas, and how they convince that land is not worth two 
cents. And they convinced them to pay $2 billion an acre down there to build big fancy houses with no electricity and no running water. Blows my mind. I want that guy to come work for Save the Cowboy and be our marketing guy. We could get our church built really quick if we had that. So uh, anyway, so imagine down there in Texas, you don't drive out there and check your cattle every single day. It's too big. It's too wide open. You know, you, you, you check them twice a year whenever you basically find them, whenever you gather 20 cowboys. Now, you have to understand that Apache's got this, this country leased, and people are buying one and two acre lots all over the place, and Apache's got it leased. It's kind of like having a forest permit. And um, so anyway, Apache is pushing these Corriente Longhorn Cross roping cattle that's been turned out on, they have subsisted on rocks and cactus, for the past nine months, and to say that they were a little bit skittish is beyond an understatement. So it is like controlled chaos. If you would like to practice gathering Apache's cattle, then go home, get on your horse, and gather a flock of birds. Okay, because that's about how easy it is to gather Apache's cattle. And so anyway, they, they have like this controlled chaos going on, and they're crossing this highway, kind of like we do at Charlie Carnahan's whenever we have to cross from one pasture to another. I see the Silver Spur down here by my house. They do it all the time. They push cattle down the road and everything. And so they've got like 200 of these Corriente and Corriente Longhorn Cross steers, roping cattle, that Apache's going to sell, and they're pushing them across this road. And this is in the middle of the Big Bend Desert. And here comes a Porsche. And he, the cowboy kind of goes up on the road and kind of throws his hand up like this. You know, just hang on, fella. And everything, that guy sits there. And, of course, you know, 200 steers walking by takes a little while. And, you know, canyons everywhere and this and that. And this guy goes, meep, meep, and honks the horn. Well, if that wasn't bad enough on the cattle, the guy that was sitting there holding it, his horse goes to pitching because he'd never seen one of those sissy horns before. And so his horse goes to bucking, and of course it bucks right in, in, you know, right towards the cattle and everything. So cattle start going this way and that way, and oh my gosh, and everything. And this guy, you can see him laughing. He puts it in gear and just starts pulling forward right through it. Apache being the nice cowboy that he is, he's way over here on the right side. Now, down there, they don't dally. They tie on. Okay? So Apache just gets his rope down and feeds him out a little loop, and he just sits there and just sees this guy coming. Cattle are going everywhere. Apache's like, you know what? There's no stopping it. We're just going to have to get them again. You can see this guy laughing, and he's picking up speed because by now the, the cattle are everywhere, and he's honking, and he's laughing and everything. And when he comes by in that little Porsche, Apache reaches out there and ropes the passenger side rear mirror. And he turns his horse like this. Pop! There goes that mirror right off that Porsche. That guy stops and he jumps out, and Apache grins at him and is just coiling his rope up as he's going to him. Now, Apache's like 80 years old, okay? He's not a young man at this time. And he rides up there, and this little old sawed-off rich fella in a Porsche out on a dirt road honking at Longhorn cattle and everything, he's pointing his finger at Apache, and he's telling him what he's going to do to him. You know, if you hadn't been around a lot of cowboys, it kind of takes a discerning eye to see just how big a fella is when he's sitting on a horse. When Apache steps off that horse, he's just as big as he was when he was on that horse. Apache's a big old fella and everything, and he, he walks up to that fella, and he still got part of his rope in his hand. His horse is walking behind him. He said, I'm sorry, I must have missed that. What did you say? 
Wouldn't it be awesome if Save the Cowboy, whether you're sitting here today or at one of our line camps or watching online or listening on the radio, wouldn't it be amazing? Can you think of the difference that we can make all across this country if we were all servants of Christ, willing to serve our fellow man without seeking their approval? I don't care what they think. I care what God thinks. If you follow me at all, you know I make people mad all the time. But I don't care about that. I only care about showing grace and mercy and love. Why? Because God showed it to me first. And I do it because I love him. And I want y'all to be blessed. Not because of something you do, but because of who you are. It is available to you right now. Don't let anybody confuse you. The grace of God, its name, his name is Jesus Christ, came and did something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. Won't you let him into your life and then let him live through you? It'll be the greatest thing that you will ever do. You will make a huge difference. No longer trying to tr uh, please men or win the approval of men, but living your lives as servants of Christ. And we can characterize that by our dependence upon him, by our trust in him, and by our obedience to him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I've commanded. And what did he command us to do? Love him. Love others like he loved us first. It really is that simple. Hi, this is Lovey Weatherby. I call myself the worst preacher's wife ever, but Kevin calls me his better half. Confused yet? Well, you shouldn't be. All you need to do is go to SaveTheCowboy.com and you can find links to our live church broadcast each Sunday morning. Or you can go back and listen to this service or any others that you missed. Did you know my man is the author of four books? You can find them all, as well as sermons on CD, by clicking on the store link at SaveTheCowboy.com. On behalf of Kevin and Save the Cowboy, thanks for listening. Hey, do you have horses? If you do, then you need to call my friends Rod and Brenda Denning at Hitchin' Post Hay. This is where I get all of my hay and Fiona loves it. Call them at 303-324-8217 and tell them that you heard about them from Save the Cowboy and they'll donate 5% of the sale to our mission to reach cowboys and cowgirls. Give Hitch and Post Hay a call for premium quality horse hay at 303-324-8217.